Welcome into the Prep Extra Podcast. I'm Colton Stone alongside, as always, Chris Bassnett. Another week, another week of football. Two weeks in a row on the podcast. That's right. That's pretty and, good you know, for us. This is a good streak for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, had uh, some, frankly, some blowout games last week. Yeah. Uh, and some, you know, we're kind of in a mild week of, of games this week. But, uh, you know, a, a big... Speaking of streaks, big thing is is Lincoln East, uh, and maybe one of the biggest games in the in the state, definitely in the city. They get to host Millard South on Thursday. Winners of four straight. Uh, obviously, Millard South is is undefeated and ha- <laughs> uh, blew another team out this time. Uh, North Star on the on the wrong end of that, but you know East has gotten progressively better each week, and now they really get their first test of you know or or first statement, you know, that they could make to either maybe sneak up and pull off an upset or at least look competitive against the second best team in the state. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we all knew East was going to be pretty good. Um, John Gingery, coach, felt pretty good about this team. And when you've been doing it as long as he has, you, you kind of know what you have. You have a pretty good feeling. And they go out and they lose that first game to Kearney on the road at UNK. That's a tough place to go play. And, and there's a lot of teams that will tell you that. And it was you know, a two-touchdown game, and it turns out Carney's pretty good. They haven't lost a game yet either, you know? So, yeah, but but since then, you're right. They've gotten a little better every week. They played Southeast week two and, and had to go to double overtime and won that game, and I think that kind of kind of kick-started them a little bit. And they've, they've been really, really good these last three weeks. They beat Columbus 41-14 um, last Friday, and Columbus isn't a pushover. You know, that's a game Lincoln East was probably favored in, but it, it wasn't going to be easy, and Lincoln East made it look pretty easy. For the most part, but yeah, now you're right. Miller South, whole different animal. Um, kind of one of the surprises of of Class A football this year. A sophomore quarterback in Jet Tamala who's thrown for 1,200 yards in five games. Uh, that offense is just unbelievable. And, and we saw it last week. You know, Lincoln North Star goes on the road. Uh, an improved Lincoln North Star team goes on the road, returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown, and that was pretty much it <laughs> for the Gators. It was, I believe, fifty-one to seven um, at halftime, and it just it it just happens so fast with Millard South. It, they're a team that could just bury it really quick, and, and so I think that that's what East has to watch out for. That defense has been really really solid uh, the past three weeks or so. Can they find a way to just give the offense a chance? You know, this offense is going to want to run the ball uh, with Jeter Wordley and Dash Bauman, mix in some shots there if they can. But if they're able to control the ball, if they're able to hang on to the ball, um, not even necessarily scoring, obviously they're going to have to score to win the game. But, you know, if you get this thing to halftime where it's 14 7 or something like that, or into the third quarter where it's 14 7, now you start going, oh, okay, maybe, maybe we can grind this out. But I think that's what it's got to be for, for Lincoln East. They, they're not going to win a, a beauty contest uh, against Millard South. I just don't think there's there's not many teams outside of Westside that can probably stay with Millard South this year from an athletic standpoint. So okay, can Lincoln East kind of muck it up a little bit, run the ball, control the clock, give themselves a chance? And if they do, boy, that's a huge statement, not only for Lincoln East, but but for the city of Lincoln. We've seen kind of some some of the results when, when the Lincoln teams have gone outside the city, and it hasn't been real pretty um, at times. So... Big, big chance for the Spartans uh, Thursday night, a little Thursday night football this week over at Seacrest. That should be a, a really interesting game. Yeah, you look at those two top teams in, in Westside and Millard South. Obviously, they're kind of the only two that will will boat race you, and they're the only two teams you really are just, like you said, you, you almost, if you're Lincoln East, if you can eat clock and maybe not score, 
you know, at least you did one of those two things. You, yeah. you can't, you, you have to do one of those two things every time you have the ball. You either have to score to keep up pace or you just can't give them the ball. Yeah, it's, it's I think there's a formula if you go back to last year uh, when North Platte beat Omaha Westside and Westside had to get on the bus and travel out to North Platte. Uh, and North North Platte got a couple turnovers early, turned those into touchdowns, and, and they run that 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 wing bone offense. So they that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to limit possession, shorten the game, and and Westside gave them a couple gifts with turnovers that they were able to they were able to convert. Can Lincoln East grab a couple turnovers? You know, I that's the thing. If if we talk about eating clock but not scoring, but if you get an interception at the you know, the Miller South 30-yard line. Can you turn that into six? Can you turn it into three? Right. You know, can, can you get in front, I think, is what we're trying to say here. And whether that's three points, seven points, ten points, whatever it is, give yourselves a chance to, to get in front. See if your defense can make a play. Right. Maybe rattle a, a young quarterback a little bit that, that hasn't had a lot of trouble so far, hasn't had to see a lot of pressure, adversity. And and you have the defense to do that with a lot of playmakers. Dash Bauman going to Wyoming, play linebacker. You start with there. there there's high level athletes on that defense for Lincoln East. So the, I think the the capability is there for the Spartans. Doing it is another thing. But but there's a, there's a tried and true formula there. If you can get a couple turnovers early, turn those into points, make Millard South work. That's that's going to give you the best shot. Yeah, put yourself in control. That's essentially yeah. the the name of the game. Easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, staying in the city, you know, another, you know, not a a you know trying to stick up for an upset type game but another game that may kind of set the tide for the rest of the season you've got southeast and southwest playing each other you know this is kind of a could be a turning point for either one it could you know maybe propel one of them into you know maybe squarely being in a playoff position and it could put the other one in a spot where they've got to go on a big run yeah it's 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 a huge game for both teams and and southeast had a tough one last week miller north beat them 49 28 Miller North's first one of the year. That's, that's been a pretty disappointing Miller North team, I think a lot of people would say. But you knew they had athletes. Where he talked about they have the double overtime loss to Lincoln East, you know, and and it's it's been a deal where they they've been close a couple times and been able to close the deal. And now you're sitting there at two and three, and here comes your rival, and here comes like Miller West down the road in a couple of weeks. So you, you're looking at a, a stretch of this schedule where it's kind of make or break time uh, if you're Southeast. And so it's a huge game from that standpoint for the Knights. If you're Southwest, you know, at two and three, it's kind of the same thing. You had a couple games where you had the lead in the fourth quarter and, and couldn't hang on, you know, and, and instead of two and three, maybe you're four and one right now with a true, with a freshman start. I'm about calling him a true freshman, <laughs> just a freshman starting a quarterback and, and some young receivers, some young skill guys. And, and you're maybe ahead of schedule and, and, but still, you're two and three. You got your rival Friday. You you win that game. You set yourself up to get those young guys into an experience where they've got to make a push for a playoff spot, like you said. So, really, really, really interesting game from that standpoint on both sides. That's the that's the eight o'clock kick at Seacrest Friday night. The Seacrest doubleheader uh, returns this week. Lincoln High and Lincoln North Star in the early game four thirty. But but yeah, that's that's going to be a, a fun atmosphere. At eight p.m. kick. Rival schools. You know, I think back to the basketball game they played last year at Southwest where it was a packed gym, you know, and went down to the wire. Pretty wild game. Do we get one, another one of those this week where it's a shootout and, and it's kind of a wild game considering what both teams are playing for? Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, some interesting games throughout the city. Those, but the, the two we mentioned, are obviously the biggest two. You know, looking at Class B, uh, pretty much on schedule, status quo. Yeah. Uh, not, no real surprises I am a little 
a little surprised, not super surprised, but Waverly shutting out York. Um, you know, that that's a game where, you know, you you know it's it's gonna be a rock fight, yeah. essentially. Um, but for you know, York to give up twenty eight points, but also Waverly on the other side to give up no points yeah. is is very impressive for a Waverly team that you know, we've seen them do this the past couple of years where they get really hot yep. and then you're, it's almost like you're kind of waiting, where's the speed bump in, in the schedule going to be? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I watched Waverly against Norris two weeks ago and, and Norris pushed Waverly into the fourth quarter. And, and if you told me that game against York would have been a shutout, I would have said, yeah, I'm at 10 nothing, yeah. you know, 7 nothing, 3 nothing, <laughs> may, maybe, but, but 28 nothing. Um, just really, really impressive with Waverly. We know they've got some explosiveness on offense, but you, but you talk about that York defense. They only gave up 17 to Bennington. You know, it's not like they've given up a ton of points to anybody. They gave up 10 points to Scott's Bluff, who's always really good offensively out, and that was on a road trip out to the Panhandle. So for Waverly to go into York, into a tough environment, win that game 28-0, control it from start to finish, basically, Really, really impressive. I think you can tell they took a lot out of that Norris game as far as what to clean up, you know, where they needed to improve and things like that. And that's the sign of a well-coached team. And Reed Madstead, certainly one of the best coaches in the area. There's no doubt about that, just based on the results. So, yeah, you, you look at that game as maybe one, well, maybe that's where Waverly stumbles a little bit. But, boy, the, the way they won that game, the way they played that game, that maybe gives you a little bit different outlook on the season. And, and you look at the top three, four teams in Class B, it's Bennington, it's Elkhorn North, it's Omaha Scott, who, who have all been very impressive. But I think you can put Waverly in that group now as, as a team that, if, if you're talking about a state champion, it's, it's probably coming from those four teams. So for Waverly to be in that group, now you just keep building on what you've done. And, and that was certainly impressive last week. Yeah, and what is you know what are some of the struggles they, they could have going out to the panhandle this week uh, yeah. with, with Scott's Bluff? That's obviously a game that, you know, I don't think a lot of teams look forward to it. It's a long trip. You know, Scott's Bluff is always right there. They're always a pretty good team, like you mentioned. You know, it's it's not an easy thing to to go out there and then still play your A game. Yeah, and, and Scott's Bluff came out here last year, came to Waverly and, and took that game deep into the fourth quarter. You know, that's that's a good program, and they've got one of the best players in the state Um uh, and Sebastian Boyle, running back, uh, probably going to set the Class B record for career rushing yards. You know, it was almost a 2,000-yard guy last year. He might get there this year. They're going to be big and physical and tough up front. It, it, it could look a lot like that York game, I think, where it's two teams just kind of bashing each other over the head. And, and we'll see who's standing at the end. You know, Scott's Bluff stoinked an extra point last week against Northwest, or they're 4-1. and one right now you know and and so and they lose a four-point game to york so it's not like they're losing to bad teams and getting blown out this is still a really good team and like you said it's a really tough road trip and so waverly riding high right now how do they kind of regroup get ready for that long bus ride and then get off it and get ready to play a really good team that's going to be an important test for them yeah it would be interesting there you know look at the two c classes uh you know, last week we had the, the wahoo doubleheader uh no journal star curse on that. Both no. Wahoo no. teams won. Um, you know, you had a chance to see Bishop Newman, correct? Um, you know, what was what was impressive about Bishop Newman and, and kind of what they've they've put together this season? Uh, well, Connor Booth, star, uh, the, the Husker football and, and baseball recruit, and, and, and he's the real deal. You know, he's he's got legit. So he, you know, I think for a lot of people that you know watch the schools in the city, whether it's the Class A schools or Pius. Or, you know, somebody else, you say, ah, C2, you know, who's he playing, those sorts of things. And 
but but he's legit. You know, he's you're talking about a, a six foot two, two hundred pound running back. Well, and that'll play at any level, and, and it really plays at C two and, and UTAN. You know, it they took a lead into halftime of that game. It rained most of the game. The field got muddy and slick. Bishop Newman could barely execute a snap, much less hand the ball off, and much less, you know, get get a cut to get up field. So they basically went into halftime, and Coach Drone Roberts said that we basically drew it up in the dirt. It was a formation where it was line, two wings, and Connor Booth behind center, and they just snapped it to him. And I think they ran something like 26, 27 plays in the second half, and I think 23 of them were direct snaps to Connor Booth. And they said, here it is. Uh, he's going to run left or he's going to run right, and you got to stop it. And they couldn't. You know, he he runs for two touchdowns in the second half, hundred and almost 150, 160 yards in the second half, had a long touchdown run called back and, and kind of willed his team back into it. And so, yeah, that, that's a kid that – and he's only a junior. That's the thing I think we kind of forget about that. You know, he's committed to Nebraska already, has a reputation as a – had a great sophomore year running the ball, has a reputation as a great baseball player. We get to enjoy him for the rest of this year and all the next year. And, and I think that's something – he's one of those special athletes at that C2 level, that C1, C2 level – that, that you might only get one or two of those guys a year, you know, and, and so really special athlete. I encourage you, if you get a chance to go watch Bishop Newman, go check him out. Connor Booth's a really good player and, and just a leader for that team and a guy that, that clearly they don't mind giving the ball 25, 30 times a game and saying, here you go, try and stop it. Yeah, and then, then uh, up in C1, Wahoo stays undefeated. Pretty uh, big win over Lakeview. Um, but... You know, C1, we've we've said it. We could probably say it until we're blue in the face. It's kind of those top three teams, yeah, four teams maybe. And similar to, I mean, A, we think is pretty much down to two. B is down to a kind of a grouping of four. C1's kind of in that same spot where, you know, there's maybe four teams and it's like, okay, if the state team is not in this grouping, then something happened in the quarter semi somewhere along the way. Yeah, and Wahoo's definitely in that group, 5-0, and they've been really impressive. Another kind of defensive-minded team. You know, they have a win over Pierce already, defending state champs. Um, they have a win over Ashland Greenwood, ranked third in the state right now. You're talking about teams that, that have been there, won state titles, been in state finals that that, that Wahoo has beaten. And, and look, Wahoo's been there too. They won a state title not very long ago either. Let's not forget that. And you talk about kind of those top three, three, four teams. There's Aurora and Pierce kind of lurking. Number five and number six kind of quietly just going about their business. It's not the same as it was last year when they kind of ran away from everybody. You've, you've got some different blood this year. Boone Central, number one. Um, Wahoo, number two. Ashton Greenwood, number three. Adam Central, 5-0, and oh, number four. A little bit of a mystery there. Not a high-scoring team, but a really good defensive team. So, yeah, you, you have to put Wahoo in that group of favorites right now. You have to. And the same with Bishop Newman in, in C2. So, you know, you think of Wahoo and you think basketball, you know, a lot of the yeah. times. And, and this year, it's right now, it's it's football. You're talking about two teams, both the Warriors and the Cavaliers, that have a chance to make really deep playoff runs, really make it a fun fall uh, in Wahoo. Yeah, then another another game we'll have our, our eyes on uh, as far as the city goes, Parfit Christian uh, taking on Pawnee City, rematch of the six-man state title last season. Parkview, of course, again, similar to last year, has the one loss to SEM, and now it's a question of, can they run the table? You know, we've said it kind of each time we've talked about them. Can now that they've set an expectation, can they meet it? You know, no, no bigger you know battle than facing a team you just beat for a 
state championship. Yeah, and, and going on the road to do it, you know, hop on the bus and driving 90 minutes down to Pawnee City to play that game against a team, like you said, that, that would like to reverse that result. You know, Parkview beat Pawnee City twice last year, obviously beat them in the regular season, beat them in the, in the state championship game. It's, it's an important game for Parkview, I think. You know, they have the loss to SDM where it really wasn't close. You come back the next week and, and beat an overmatched Heartland Lutheran team, you, and then you, it's it's the classic, you know, the classic six man shootout, twenty six to twelve. You know, <laughs> high scoring affair last week against Sterling. There, we've talked about this too. Parkview's just built a little different. They they're not necessarily built to go win a you know a seventy five to fifty game right. like you see a lot of times. Pawnee City's more built that way. Pawnee City's more built to we can go score sixty, we can go score seventy if we need to. So it comes down to can Parkview's defense, which they're they're going to lean on, and they have leaned on. Can they slow down that Pawnee City offense and, and give give their own offense a chance to kind of make this a grinder type game? And it, it's 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 really I know I know it's six man football, and it's the the crowd for that's a little smaller. But but this is really fascinating to me just to watch the way Parkview Christian's going about this, trying to do it with defense, ball control, power football, and not necessarily we're going to spread you out and just go one on one like you see so much in the six man right. game. So. Yeah, a, a real interesting contrast in styles uh, Friday night down in Pawnee City, for sure. Yeah, I, I've watched my fair share of six-man football, and I, I'd say nine out of ten games, one team has 60. Now, there's been plenty of games where the other team might have 6-12, to 12, but you know, usually it's a blowout game. But, you know, a couple of big games this week. Uh, we'll be all over it. Um, so keep keep uh, close on the journalstar.com. We'll have everything there for you. For Chris Bastin, I'm Colton Stone. We'll see you guys next week on the Prep Action Podcast.